0: Good morning, FBC. Welcome to Sunday morning worship. Here we are again. Uh, I know we're meeting at home, but our hearts are together. You know, I'm here this morning just excited to worship, and I hope that you are excited to worship as well. Just want to make you aware of a couple of things this week. One, mostly, uh, the Youth Search Committee has narrowed down the candidates to one person uh, for this uh, position here as youth minister. Uh, His testimony and an introduction has been posted on Facebook page of the church. Also, a lesson that he has done for the youth and a couple others he's making, they are posted over at the uh, uh, youth Facebook page. And so, you know, if you have a chance, go and check those out and get to know him. Pray for both Matt, his name is Matt, Matt and his wife Emily, uh, and the youth committee and the church as we seek to honor God and figure out the best way to... Uh, continue on in this process without being able to physically do things right now. We don't want to just pause everything and tell him to hold on and just wait there. We want to be able to move forward in some way, form, or fashion. So pray that God would guide us and direct us in that. Uh, But beyond that, you know, Let's, uh, let's pray for our church. Let's pray for our community. Uh, one other thing, those of you who have been asking for it, we have um, now added the ability to tithe or give our offering online. So if you'll go to the church website, you go to the Give tab, there is a form there that lets you give by credit card, debit card, or checking account there to the church for your tithe or offering. One thing I do ask for you, if you would please do, is to... Um, Click the little box that says, cover the fees. That way, you know, it's it's 2 or $3 more, but it helps the church, and it helps that your offering and your tithes are all going to the work of God. But beyond that, let's pray. Let's get ready for worship this morning, and we will start from there. Father God, we come to you right now, and we thank you, and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would, Father, move through our worship today. Father, make yourself known as we prepare to to celebrate your resurrection next week. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for all the things that you do. And we ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen. Guys, I'll admit, I'm missing you. It's hard for me to, to do this. You know, you know. I, I thought about sitting dolls out in the congregation, but I just couldn't bring myself to it. But uh, we're heading towards Easter. We're heading towards that day that, that makes a difference for everything. And so... Uh, if you remember last week, we began a, a short series. I didn't put a title on it because I didn't, couldn't think of a title. Honestly, I just knew that we wanted to focus on Easter and the stories of Easter as we led up to that holiday. The uh, thing to me, as I studied this week, I'm always amazed how there are important people in the Bible that are only mentioned with a few words, that are only mentioned, you know, at one verse, two verses, three verses. Uh, They do incredible things, but not much is written. And one of those shows up in the middle of the crucifixion. He's one of the most interesting people in the world to me, and that is the man Simon of Cyrene. Uh, Simon of Cyrene is the man that they asked to carry the cross of Jesus. And we don't know much about Simon. Uh, He's actually only mentioned three times in Scripture by name, uh, and it's one verse each time. In, in each of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew 27, verse 32, it just simply says, as they were going out, they found a Cyrenian man named Simon. They forced this man to carry his cross. That's all it says. That's the only thing that Matthew says about Simon. Um, in Mark chapter 15 and verse 21, it's something similar said. There, they say, they forced a man coming in from the country who was passing by to carry Jesus' cross. He was Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus. So Mark gives a little bit more information, but not much. He's still not telling us a whole lot. And then finally, over in Luke, in the 23rd chapter, Luke says basically the same thing. In 23, 26, it says, As they led him away, they see Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country... And laid the cross on him to carry behind Jesus. So, as you can see, we don't know much about Simon. We don't know much about who he is, about his life up until this point. What we do know is that he's from Cyrene. Cyrene is in modern Libya. Uh, That's northern Africa, if you don't know. Today, we'd call that Tripoli. Uh, Cyrenians, if you study church history, are frequently mentioned in the early spread of Christianity. They're they're there. They are a big force. He is the father, we're told, of Alexander and Rufus. And we know that he was coming to Jerusalem for Passover, which means that this was a Jewish man. Uh, So he was coming to exercise his faith by partaking in the Passover festival. But we also know from inference that he was probably a big man. Uh, The cross weighed about 300 pounds the soldiers wouldn't just grab the, the, the tiny guy. They would look for the guy that stood out of the crowd, the great big guy, and they would say, you, you pick this up and you do this. So he was probably a pretty good-sized man. Now, the question I want to tackle this morning is, how did the cross affect Simon, and what can we learn from his experience? Now, you may be going, Brother Troy, this is one verse. It says one verse said three different ways. What in the world are you going to tell us from one verse? How can we go from one verse? You know, you, you always say, stick to context. Well, and that's really where the sermon comes from. We have to draw on the context of what's happening because I believe Simon is a central figure. And there's not much said. But I think we can learn a lot about what happened to Simon by looking at what little we do know. And so this morning, let's pray and let's ask God to bless this time. And let's see if we can't figure out what it is that we can learn from the experience of Simon the Cyrene. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel and the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, as I studied this passage or as I meditated on this verse, I found that the cross did at least four things for Simon and in turn does four things for us. So the first thing that we have to see that the cross did for Simon is that the cross brings us into the presence of Jesus. Until that day, Simon had probably never even heard of Jesus. He lived on another continent. He lived hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from where Jesus was. So there was no way, probably, that he knew this carpenter from Nazareth. And so... That day was probably Simon's introduction to who Jesus was. Simon was minding his business, coming to worship, probably with his family. And all at once, Jesus falls in front of him. All at once, Simon is in the presence of Jesus. He's so close, he can hear his voice. He's so close, he can feel his breath. He's so close that the blood of Jesus that was on that cross is now running down Simon. The cross, the very reality of the crucifixion was now part of Simon's life. The one day that stands in infamy is the one thing that brought Simon into the presence of Jesus. And that same thing is true for us today. We cannot come into the presence of God without the cross. The world has forgotten that. If you listen to the world, you'll find Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, New Age, or any other myriad Of religions out there or lack of religions telling you you don't need the cross to be a good person you don't need the cross to to do something with your life you don't need the cross to stand in in the place of God those other religions will tell you that you can come before God with sacrifice you can come before God with right living you can come before God with meditation but the only way to come to God is through the sacrifice of Jesus The only way we can ever get into the presence of Jesus is through the cross. The cross brings us into the presence of Jesus. And so as we look at that, we know that just like Simon, we can be so close we hear his voice. We can see so close we feel his breath. But unlike Simon's first encounter, we're not limited to the physical realm. That day... Simon touched Jesus. He felt Jesus. He knew Jesus as a person. But later, Simon would know Jesus as a Savior. That intimate relationship that's offered. And the only way we have the intimate relationship, the only way Jesus can come and live in our lives, is if we come to him through the cross. Because the cross can bring us into the presence of God. That's the first thing that the cross did for Simon and does for us. But as you you look again, too, the cross also makes us follow in the steps of the Savior. Notice the verses here. And they compelled him to carry the cross after him. Simon was literally walking in Jesus' steps. He was literally walking behind the Savior. That's where he was. When we accept Jesus, we come into his presence through the cross, we need to follow his steps. I find it very telling that Simon didn't lead to Golgotha. He followed him there. How many times do we try to step in front of God? I'm a big guy. And so I have a tendency to want to walk faster than other people. I have a tendency, especially if I'm carrying a load, I want to get to the end of that. That load needs to go, and I want to drop it. But Simon, when he picked up the cross, he didn't lead to Golgotha. He didn't say, okay, I got this, Jesus. You follow me, I'll get you there. He followed Jesus. How many times do we try to step in front of the will of God? We go and we say, well, God, I know what we need. I know what I need. I know how to do what I want to do. I want you to follow me and clean up my mess and bless it. That's what I want you to do, Jesus. All the while, Jesus may be saying, slow down. Jesus may be saying, I want you to go a different direction. Jesus may be saying, hey, no, let's not do that. Jesus may be telling you, let's move forward at a slower pace, at a different pace. If we follow the Savior, if we follow Jesus, we'll be in step. If we don't follow Jesus, we're out of step. But following his steps includes going at his pace. If we go faster than him, we run over him and his plans. If we go slower than God, well, then we don't get to where he needs us to be and the plans aren't as successful. They might not succeed. The cross was God's plan that day. And if Simon hadn't gotten there at the time God wanted him to get there, plans may have been thwarted. Plans may have been done. Jesus was very, very, very weak. Imagine that slow trek. Imagine what it took for Simon to to follow Jesus. Jesus would begin to walk. He'd already fallen once or twice. That's why the the soldiers said, hey, carry his cross. Jesus would walk and fall down. And Simon would have to stop. Jesus would walk and stumble, and Simon would have to stop. Simon had to follow, step by step, stop by stop, following at the pace that Jesus needed him to. If he would have gone faster, Jesus may have expired before getting on the cross, which would not have been God's plan. If he would have gone slower, Jesus may have expired before he got on the cross, which would have been God's plan, would not have been God's plan. Simon had to follow Jesus. He had to go at his speed. To follow Jesus means that we stop when he stops. I think we get in too big of a hurry. We get in too big of, of, of this hurry to get all these things we want to get. I, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want a new job. I want to be debt free. And so many things we want, we don't want to wait on his time for. I mean, we've all we, we, we've talked about it. Y'all know the struggle it was with me and, and the committee to get here, Right? Because there were struggles here and there. There were things that went on, and God put things in such an order that they happened in the order that he wanted them to happen in for us to get here on the day that we did. Because it wouldn't have worked any other way. Every time we tried to do things in our path and in the way we wanted to do it, God would say, no, I want you to do it in my speed. I want you to do it how I want you to do it. So many things we don't want to wait for. We don't want to wait on his time. We want to say, God, give it to me now. We sound like a J.G. Wentworth commercial. Give it to me now. I want my money. I want it now. We have to be like Simon. We have to learn to follow in his steps at his pace. We should lead. We should not lead. He should lead, and we should follow. Right? When we try to lead, what happens? We mess it up. But when Jesus leads and we follow, God's timing always works. But you know, the cross also makes us part of the greatest work in the world. Simon couldn't have done anything more that day that was greater than what he did. He served the Savior and thereby he served the world. The cross makes us also part of that great work. The cross gives us an opportunity to be part of the work of Jesus. The cross is what initiates us into evangelism. How often do we allow ourselves to be a part of that work? You know, Simon can be seen as the hero here. You know, he, he did this great thing, and we think about the man who picked up the cross for Jesus and walked with Jesus and, and, and did these things for Jesus and stood there as a, as a stopgap between Jesus and the mean soldiers. But our heroes today the drug addicts, they're womanizers, they're all around balls. Jesus is still the greatest name there is. Jesus is still the only way to be saved. The work of the cross is still the greatest work of the world. Why don't we act like it? The cross can make us part of that work, and it should. We should have a desire to share this work with those around us. When we lead someone to Jesus, we take part in that great work along with Simon. We get to do those things. The difference is, Simon carried Jesus to the to, the, to cross to his place of sacrifice. We carry unbelievers to the feet of Jesus. Unbelievers are in some ways our cross. Just like Simon bent down for Jesus and took that cross and carried it to the place of his death, we help unbelievers on that truck to the cross. We help those people who who don't understand what we're talking about to come to the point where they see the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus. That is our calling. That's what we're called to do. And the cross is what does that for us. The cross allows us to be part of the world's greatest work. And that's an amazing truth. Something we need to cling on to. But the last thing here that you find about, about Simon as you read in Scripture and history is that the cross can change your family forever. Mark mentions his sons in the description, the the father of Alexander and Rufus. Why in the world would he do that? Why would Mark give his kids names? You know, it's like, if this wasn't important, why is it in there? When you think about it, you know, how often does somebody go, oh, yeah, you know how those stories go. Well, Carrie and I were going to this event with our friends oh well that's a friend who did this and this that we had to explain it but here he just says the father of alexander and rufus he says that because his readers knew who his sons were they were common to the church at that time in romans 16 paul lists rufus as part of the church in rome this one event in simon's life changed simon's life forever his family became believers Simon himself may be listed in Acts. Some theologians believe that the Cyrenians talked about in Acts were led by Simon himself, who came to bring evangelism to those who were lost. Cyrenians are listed all the time, quite frequently in Acts, as workers in the kingdom of the early church. Simon evidently had a far-reaching impact from his experience. The cross changed him. The cross changed his family forever. What has the cross done for you? Has it changed you? Has it changed how you do life? I mean, I'm hoping this morning that the cross has brought you into the presence of Jesus. That you don't just come to church because that's what you do, but you come to church because you have been brought into the presence of the living Savior. I hope that is true. If it's not, I want you to make that decision today. I want you to come to a saving relationship with Jesus. I'm hoping the cross leads you to follow Jesus. That you learn to not get ahead but to take one step at a time and follow Him rather than making decisions on your own. I hope that's what you're doing. I hope you feel an urgency to be a part of the work of evangelism. Jesus said I was important enough to say Go into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was important. Jesus said it. He said, do it. And that's an important thing to do. I hope you're called to that. But this is the most important one for me today. The most important for me today is, did the cross change your family? There are too many people who claim Jesus and nothing's ever changed. There are too many people who claim Jesus And we don't see the evidence. And so they they do all these things, but they don't ever change anything at home. When I was a youth minister, I spent so many years dealing with youth whose parents were not believers. And they didn't want to be believers. And so there was this tension that would happen. Because these students would come to a saving relationship with Jesus, and then their parents would say, no, you can't be baptized. No, you can't follow through. And that would break the student's heart, but we had to be faithful to God's word and not allow them to dishonor their parents. So we would pray with those students. We would pray that the cross would change their family's life forever. Has the cross changed your family's life forever? Have you allowed the cross to change the way you do things? Have you allowed the cross to change the things that you watch on TV? Have you allowed the cross to change the things that you take part in? Have you allowed the cross to change the music that you listen to? Have you allowed the cross to change what you do together as a family and make Bible study together and reading God's Word together important? Have you allowed the cross to change you in that way? That's important today. That's where we need to be because that is what Simon walked away with. He was brought into the presence of Jesus and it changed his life forever and it changed him so much it changed his family forever. You know this morning I pray that that you are allowing the cross to change you but if you're not as I pray in a minute give it all to God. Give it to God and allow him to change it. I pray this morning that you know Jesus as your Savior but if you don't If you've never taken a step to say, I want to know the one who paid the ultimate price for me, I want to be saved, in a minute just pray with me. Pray with me. And give your heart to Jesus. But wherever you're at today, whatever your need, give it to him. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank him. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time, Father. Use it for your glory. Father, we ask right now that you would begin to move in our lives. Father, make the cross mean something. Make the cross change us. Make the cross be something that we allow to penetrate and change us completely. Father, if there's anyone here today who does not know you, I just pray that they would pray along with me now. Father, I am a sinner, and I am in need of a Savior. Father, please come into my heart and forgive me of all sins. Jesus, be Lord of my life, and take me to heaven to be with you. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. All right, guys. Remember to go up and check on Matthew Olson's testimony and his lessons on Facebook so we can continue on the process of, of possibly getting this young man to be here to work with us. Um, remember, uh, we have several ways to send your tithe in if you need to. You can put a check in the mail. You can... Do the online giving that we now have. You can set up an automatic payment out of your checking account if if they allow that. Anything that you need to do, we are here to help you however you can. You know, that's something that God has called us to do. But today I've got nothing else besides the fact that I love you. And I can't wait until the day that we get to be together again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you. May He give you rest in this world. As you learn to follow Him with each step that you take. Be blessed today as you go. Until next time, guys, love each other deeply from the heart. Be blessed today.